Back on episode 40, we talked about simple steps to change the culture of your worship ministry. Today, we have seven more ideas for developing a new culture. Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, where our mission is to equip and encourage worship leaders and teams in practical components of local church leadership. We're so thrilled to have you listening to our podcast, and our prayer is that it's helpful for you and your teams. If you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to reach out to us at worshipleadertoolbox.com, and we'd also be honored to have you hit subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Heading now to today's episode with Tim Price. Hey, Tim, how's it going? It's going great. Good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing doing well. Um, we're going to date ourselves a little bit here, but it's going to snow today, so I had to break out some warm clothes. I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt yesterday, and now today I'm wearing jeans, a hoodie, and it's ridiculous. Yep. It's a very weird cold snap on a spring season. <laughs> and I did the same thing. Uh, you did? I bought this, this, this thingy. Oh, yeah. You're like a fleece <laughs> thing. But it's nice and warm and cozy in here, so it's good. Um but hey, before we get started, it's always fun to get to know people more. Like people just learned that I wear hoodies and you wear fleece pullovers. Mm, that's so that's, that's one thing. Let's do a little bit more here. So like, <laughs> what are you currently reading? Actually, yeah. the book that I just got is uh, Craig Grishel's new book called Winning the War in Your Mind. Oh, cool. So it's a bunch of scripture and a bunch of scientific you know, stuff and just encouragement to know that the attitude is a big part of actually getting to where you need to be oh nice so it starts in your mind starts in your mind ideas or whatever so yeah i'm good but i'm just starting to read that one that sounds good mm-hmm. that's awesome what about you yeah i'm currently reading a book called uh the reset it's by jeremy riddle it's pretty solid it's basically talking about um kind of returning back to the main point of worship like biblically why do we worship what's his purpose uh for ourselves like personally and then also like corporately as a congregation and it's uh it's pretty awesome i think it came out uh maybe 2020 i don't really know when it came out i could be way off <laughs> um but it's definitely uh an awesome book and um that's cool yeah totally worth it yeah there is actually another question here but how long have you been playing guitar for tim <laughs> how long have i been playing guitar since yeah. i was in sixth grade so i was 12 oh awesome and that puts uh it around 1984 Oh, wow. But I actually had guitars even before then, and then really around sixth grade is when I actually learned four chords and started playing. Oh, no. Four chords and a capo. You know every single worship song in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't really <laughs> learned anything more. <laughs> How, about right. you? How long have you played guitar? I really started playing guitar when I graduated high school. So that was like an 03. So I don't know. So I started playing guitar when you were like not even born. You started playing guitar <laughs> when I was born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said 84 or 83 84 yeah so yeah when i was born you s- that's the that's the birth of your guitar and the birth of me mm-hmm. yep so I'll, I'll always be ahead yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know what let's kind of like get back to the podcast here and um just a few weeks back uh we did a, a post about simple ways that you can change the culture of your worship ministry, starting with determining uh, what you want your culture to look like and beginning to live it out and then uh, on down the line from there. There was like six or seven topics we talked about, I think. Um, And you can listen to that for clarity on episode 40 
um, in the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. But today, we have seven more ideas. But first, a reminder of why your culture is so important. And that is true. Go back and listen to 40 on um, double speed, and it doesn't take that long. I can't remember how long that is, but um, culture is definitely a driver and a lot of times we we don't think of it as much. Like mm-hmm. the big talk is always vision, and so vision is a major component to your ministry, and it's part of scripture where there's no vision, people perish, and all those things. But even if you have a great and compelling vision, if the culture doesn't help support the vision, then mm-hmm. you don't get very far. And so you're you want your team culture to promote the vision is what it comes down to. Yeah. And we just don't want to throw around a bunch of words. So like a practical idea of this is your vision is to reach people or to help the church worship or to, um, you know, make disciples. And that's like, you know, what the church is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But the culture is stuff like you want your people to serve joyfully Mm -hmm. or to be on time or, you know, promptness or things like that. And so that's like the difference of, you know, you don't have a vision of your whole team being prompt. <laughs> that's that's just maybe a, you that's do. Just part of a culture <laughs> that you want to promote so yeah. that you can accomplish your vision. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know. What are some other things you think of when you think of the culture of the team? Like, well, I think like one thing that's really important, uh, like in Harvest, that I I've always experienced on Harvest, and it's a definitely a unique culture because it's people pulled from all over the place. So it's not like you're serving on one set team or even a team that's part of the same church that you see every single week you're all one unit. You know what I mean? Like there's a community there. Like even, even though we kind of come together for like a week at a camp or something like that there, you show up and you're already like, you're already like in fellowship with one another. So it's not like awkward. You're all Mm -hmm. friends. You get the, you get along and stuff like that. So I I think that's important for culture. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That that is unique because uh, there's not really opportunity to, to grow that on a weekly basis. No. Yeah. it's kind of bestowed on people to say, Oh, you're harvest today. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's way different than like at a church because you show up and you're a family, you know? And so in case anybody's confused about that, harvest is basically a traveling ministry. Yeah. Serving as worship leaders for events. And uh, there's a pool of people at any given time we pull together and do that. So I'm, I'm really curious of what the ratio of people who listen to this who do and do not know what Harvest is. I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you know what Harvest Ministry Teams is. It probably is true. There's a percentage of people who know mm-hmm. something about Harvest that listen to Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. Yeah. Worship Leader Toolbox spun out of, you know, just Harvest Ministry stuff. Yeah. I, I think the hard part is getting a whole bunch of Harvest people to know about the Worship Leader Toolbox. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get people to, you know, just engage with whatever's out there. So. Yeah. It's true. Yep. Well, that's awesome. Um, But... Really quickly, we're going to have a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to run through uh, this list of seven more ways to build the culture you want in your worship ministry. We believe in the Worship Leader Toolbox and the work we're able to accomplish by the grace of God and with your partnership. There are two simple ways to support this podcast. And the first one is by clicking the support button and commit to sponsoring us on a monthly basis. And with any contribution of 99 cents or more, we will send you a free gift. The second way is through Amazon Smile. Just go to worshipleadertoolbox.com Amazon to set the one-time link up that allows Harvest to receive a small percentage of your Amazon purchase. All right, welcome back to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, and we are going through a list of seven ways to build up 
your culture and your worship ministry. And uh, we're just going to hit these uh, one at a time, Tim. So the first one is to write it out. Write it out. Yeah, basically document it in some way. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can start building the culture because Mm -hmm. people read it and see it. That's like a big part of it. And it's also an ongoing reminder, so you don't have to make the announcement to every single person that shows up in your ministry in a new way. Mm-hmm. So you can document all kinds of things to help with culture. You can document expectations. Mm-hmm. And we keep using the example of being on time, and that's not because I necessarily have an issue with anybody in my current world of being on time, but we just, you know, that's one of the things that makes it simpler. Once mm-hmm. that culture is established, everybody kind of helps everybody else. So the more you document something, the better off it is. Yeah. And you don't want to document to the point somebody's got to read like a 95-page manual just to, you know, be a part of things. That You want to find the most important things. Yeah. One of the things we documented this year is part of our – there's a lot of ways to document it. Sometimes we've had meetings and we hand out, you know, the packet. Other times it's been on the website and a lot of times a combination of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it requires you to think through what you're wanting to say. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it's just hard not to – Yeah. you have to bring clarity to it when you're writing it down. Otherwise, you're just, yeah, out there willy-nilly. Definitely. Different people have different standards and all kinds of stuff when that happens. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, um, when it becomes real, it also becomes personal. And that's number two. Yeah. No, th- the idea of personal is yeah. that um, you don't want to try to build a culture that you're not willing mm-hmm. to live into. Yes. And if you want to see a problem with like ministry leaders who have gone astray or fallen or issues with their churches or their universities or whatever scenario you want to look at it's most likely because they're expecting people to act a certain way and then they don't act that way yeah like it's uh people talk about hypocrisy and things like that but it's it's even a little bit different than that it's kind of like their worship tech ministry was we just laid out three things that we wanted to make sure we did for this year and so far a couple of those have become rock solid just oh, awesome. just from like saying it. And yeah. it wasn't even like a composed thing. It was like, you know, a post-it note, one, two, three, like mm-hmm. just the, the phrases that help build that culture of, of doing things the right way. Yeah, I think once you write it down, it becomes real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because if you just kind of sit around like we do often, like for, I don't know, 45 minutes before we started recording this podcast, uh, like, you know, you just, if you talk about things and just kind of throw out ideas, they're just kind of like, out there, you know, but when you write it down, it becomes real, it becomes concrete, and it's definitely something to like you're you're living by, so to speak. They they just kind of forget that they've wanted to build a culture of mm-hmm. integrity, and I mean, there's a whole bunch, there's so many different components you could say to your culture, but mm-hmm. you know, integrity and honesty and good boundaries, all those things are are part of healthy cultures. And uh, as soon as somebody thinks they're above that, then it's no longer personal to them. Yeah. That's like a bad place to be in. Yeah, I think that the personal aspect is, this kind of goes to writing it out. And you kind of, you said a keyword is like expectations, right? You know, if if you set expectations that you're not going to live by, um, you know, like one of the, you, you kept saying it like, so uh, arriving on time or arriving early or whatever, you know, just because that's one that you kept saying, you know, if you're not going to live that out, then really quickly, they're going to stop living that out. Or there's going to be like conversations without you as the leader saying like, Hey, this Tim guy, you know, he's asking all of us to be here early. Where's he at? You know? Yeah. Yeah, It's like the old thing, uh, do is don't, you're not going to do what I say. You're going to do what I do. Yeah. I've always been most comfortable just leading by going and doing it. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and as a result, sometimes I'm not the best at documenting and, you know, I'm not the best at saying, 
all right, here's our engineered map. Let's all follow this together. I'm more like, this is this is the way I sense God leading us, and so I'm just going to start plowing through and come with me if you want. <laughs> and um, I think that really works well in the harvest world. Yeah, because there's no other. There's no. Other there's no map. It. Yeah. In the church world, it's taking me a little longer to learn that. All right. So the third one we have here is relational, and it goes along with personal. It does. Part of building culture is inviting people to help you build it, mm-hmm. and so asking. So what would it look like if we did this? Yeah. What, what do you think is good about this? That brings in an aspect of community and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And that's another. That's just another little example, like the idea of a worship team that's having fun together mm-hmm. and building that kind of culture where there's a, a team effort. It's not all work mm-hmm. and no play. Some people really do that big, and and in in the COVID era here, the pandemic, it's been hard to do things like lunches and parties and stuff like that and so it's kind of sad in a sense you know anytime you can get your group together and they don't have their instruments out yeah that's like a great part of building yeah. a joyful community culture mm-hmm. i was able to sit in on a a worship team meeting they did a few games you know and then they did um you know for like team building and stuff like that and then they actually just like led a time of worship like the worship pastor and like a couple people got up and just the acoustic guitar and three voices just sang. It was like the first time I've actually like like sat back and like, man, I'm actually able to like worship. I mean, we we're we're leading worship and we should be worshiping when we're leading worship. How many more times can I say worship? Um, but <laughs> whenever, but sometimes you kind of get into this rut where it becomes more of like a job, and that's where I think we need to like refocus. Uh, but that was actually a great experience, is like offering opportunity for your team to just be there and worship and not have mm-hmm. to like think about leading worship or yeah. And I mean, yeah, that's, that's been a thing I've heard for a lot of years. And especially if you have the same group mm-hmm. every Sunday at your church. So mm-hmm. a lot of churches have like the band yeah, and then they're there every single week. And yeah. but a lot of times when I've led worship at churches as a guest worship leader, and part of the reason behind that was because they wanted their worship team to sit in the congregation mm. and so i've just been there to do that yeah the other side of the thing is is that if you're rotating in and out then there are a lot of sundays and weekends that you are able to yeah. just be a part of worship but the the worship leader or the you know the main anchors are sometimes mm-hmm. that's the the tough part but still i know what you're saying the, the relational side of just getting together with that group and yeah. doing that all right number four practical making it practical for your context and setting. Because if you hear podcasts or read a book on building a culture in your group, then it may not translate. Like yeah. when I listen to the Hillsong Creative Podcast, those type of things aren't going to translate here in Midwestern Southern Illinois. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. for one thing, it's the size of a church and the and the way the church is and, mm-hmm. and the focus of their church. And then it's different people and it's a different time zone. It's a different part of the globe. Yeah. And then if I take all that and say, oh, here, I'm right all this down. We're going to do this in our church. So our culture is also unique for here and that's part of the beauty that makes it Mm -hmm. interesting every church has their own little thing Mm -hmm. but this practical idea is that you can be patient as you build on the basics Mm -hmm. and you pretty much allow simple things to happen that fit your style of people if you have a season where you have like a lot of students in your ministry Mm -hmm. then then the practical aspect of building a culture with them is going to be a little different Mm -hmm. and sometimes when we have our students helping us in our along with the adults uh, all of a sudden I realize part of our job here is just teaching them how to put in-ears in. 
Yeah. And I know we mentioned that before, but it's weird. that That's yeah. like a 20-minute project, just yeah. trying to get them set up on the flow of what you do to prepare yeah. to be in the band. Mm-hmm. And so um, part of the culture is, is that I don't want our church to to uh, downplay that. Like, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a huge investment. It's great. I'd, I'd sacrifice a lot of stuff on a Sunday for one student to know what it means to lead worship, mm-hmm. even if it is the practical stuff. Like, there's just, there's just a good thing about that. So. And it takes a lot of patience, yeah. Because culture isn't something you just snap and say. It's like ongoing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it, it's a long haul kind of a thing, and not a quick. It's not a quick fix. Yeah, and it's got to be tended to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that leads to the next. At least in the next slide, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one we have here is uh, consistent. It actually has the word written down here, long haul. Exactly what you just said. Really? So. Oh, look at that. <laughs> so no matter how long you have the whatever role you're leading in. Mm-hmm. And here's here's another just maybe a sideline topic, but is it only the job of the worship leader, the hired paid worship leader, to build this culture? Or, I mean, is it other? How, how does somebody who's not paid in a church worship team help build this culture? Well, I think that I think that it, it comes from the buy-in of being on the team. You know what I mean? Like, you know, let's say you have let's say you have like you know a quick one sheet of like you know the the mission and the vision uh, for the worship team and then you know expectations you know when a person takes that and says i want to be a part of this they're kind of also saying that like i'm gonna i'm buying in and i'm gonna you know help build this culture with what you as the worship leader are laying out you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i think that um i think that's how like you know anybody from a, a volunteer to a paid yeah. staff member you know is gonna help to get on board be a part of it mm-hmm yeah, so that's good. So this that that that's a good answer, and the consistency part is really just keeping that going mm-hmm. for for a long time. Yeah, and it's you know more than just announcing it each January. It's like <laughs> ongoing, you know, yeah. part of who you are to keep saying it. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yep. Yeah, I think one thing also with the consistency is our next point is to keep it simple. The idea that. You don't have to change everything right away. So yeah, if you're oh, looking yeah. at your if you're looking at your um at your team and you want to build a culture of bigger production and excellence mm-hmm. habits or acquiring new things to make that happen better or a culture of uh, more complicated music or you know newer music or any of those things, I think it's fine if you you make it simple to start with. Mm-hmm. And for I, I always think back to this one Sunday because I can remember where I was standing when I said it, but we used to always print off songs mm-hmm. for everybody. And then one day we just kind of made the announcement that at the end of this year, we're going to go paperless. Mm-hmm. And, and which meant well, all of a sudden somebody had to think about, Oh, who's going to buy some iPads and who's going to do this? And who's going to do that? And it just, um, you know, it's a small little thing. It was simple to yeah. say that, but, um, it kind of felt like, you know, like we're going to be on the moon by the end of the decade type announcement <laughs> and, and everybody went with it. Yeah. But it wasn't like we had 10 objectives. We, you know, mm-hmm. we kept it simple. That was our one thing. Yeah. So. And even in the step process of that, it's not like you were saying, you know, you're going to go from having paper copies and stuff like that and, and music stands to like having nothing. Right. You know what I mean? So like um, even just going from a step to like having music stands out there to like just an iPad holder, you know, mm-hmm. one, it kind of cleans up the stage look, but then also it's just a simple step of, you know, a visual, I, mean, I guess that's a more of a visual thing, but yeah. So. That's true. And you're saying like a step between like 
using paper copies to no music at all. I think it'd be interesting to hear from anybody who is listening what your church does. What yeah. are the markers of when a church says, oh, we're going to memorize everything? It's like Elevation Church, they don't have music out. Yeah. But most churches that are under 200 people do. Yeah. So is it a size thing or is it, what is it? I think it's a, it's, it's a team expectation. I, I'm in, I'm in like a weird world right now because I'm in transition um, of life and uh, job roles and stuff like that in ministry. And I've been actually helping out at two different churches. And one of them is like, you memorize everything. Um, the only thing they have is the confidence monitor in the back of the room. Um, but the expectation is that you, you memorize everything. Um, guitar parts, drums, piano, bass, whatever. Anybody can memorize drums. Not me, man. You don't want me on drums. That's for sure. I'll get everybody all lost. Um, so that's that expectation. But then the other church that I, that I've helped out a couple times now, um, is there like in the printed off paper world still. And, um, actually just by me kind of being there over those couple times, I've like talked to them into like getting with a music stand off a planning center. So like Mm -hmm. they're in the transition of going paperless. So in those two examples, that's really, that's like, that is three worlds right there. Like (laughs) paper, iPads. Yeah. Nothing. It's insane. (laughs) It's, it's crazy. We could have just skipped the middle step and gone for paper to nothing, but why? But like in the case of the, the second church you just described, yeah. do you think it's realistic in that church to say, we're going to music stand on iPads, but really that's only going to be for a year because then you're going to memorize everything every week. Yeah, I think, okay, so. I because think, I think it, it just makes me think there's probably another factor in there and that's how many musicians you have. That's the main thing is, so when I was uh, helping out with that first church, um, I was only there twice a month. Um, and if I was like there weekly or, you know, you know, three fourths at a time and I had to memorize all those songs and everything like that, like, I don't know if I would, I think I'd burn out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, now obviously like once you're in the world of memorizing songs, it's, it's easy and you can do it. And you know, it's all kind of like the same, you know, muscle memory kind of stuff. It comes- Especially if you're there to alternate Sundays or weekends mm-hmm. and a couple of songs overlap. Exactly. So that's not too hard. Yeah. But to answer your question, though, you asked about the second church. Um, I think that they could go um, without uh, like a paper copy or an iPad or anything like that. It it just comes down to, you know, their dedication to learning the music. Yeah. Well, somebody basically has to say, um, we're going to memorize this. I don't think I... I mean, groups by themselves don't drift toward more intentionality. No. They drift toward the easiest path and the yeah. least common denominator. Yeah. So somebody would have to be there with a vision to say, yeah. yes, we are going to now memorize. So good yeah. luck. And that fires back to making it personal. Because if that's what your vision is, hypothetically, to like, you know, have no music on stage or no you know iPads or whatever on stage, if you're the worship leader and you're leading but you're like, oh man, I don't, I didn't memorize this. I need to have this here. Well, you kind of lose credibility and push in that direction. Yep. So everyone can catch on to yeah. whatever it is you're building each year. And it's, it's a, it's, you know, it kind of matches some of these other ones. It's kind of a long haul. So. Yeah. A lot of these overlap. And this seventh one is focused. Focused is basically the idea that's more encouragement maybe than a, a, a strategy, mm-hmm. but 
you don't have to do it all right now. You can you can pick something yeah. to determine how you're going to change your culture. You can practice on something that's going to be a, a non-threatening thing. Mm-hmm. Like you can practice on the idea of just building more joy and serving or, you know, take a time during your rehearsal to do a devotion or, you know, to, you know, any number of things like that to kind of shift the culture a little bit. Yeah. One of the things we did a few years back and haven't done it in a while, but, um, culture and conversation cards. Oh, yeah. I remember all those, you know, there's always that 15, 20, 30 minutes before you actually lead worship mm-hmm. where everybody's standing around after the sound check. Mm-hmm. And so for several months we got into a circle and, and really until COVID kind of hit. I mean, then yeah. we stopped that doing stopped that. It for sure. But um, we got in a circle and I would hand out these cards about the size of, you know, little baseball cards. And we would just talk about a quote or a topic. And I just like this example, one of those was ministry that costs nothing, accomplishes nothing. Mm. And so everybody sat and talked about that. And, like, and then yeah. we had a scripture and then we prayed. And it was just like a little conversation starter really to like increase the, the idea of culture. And, um, and those are still on the website somewhere. Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes. Yep. I just remember going over the cards uh, with you before worship and stuff like that and uh, definitely help you know, build team unity, had great discussion starters, and there was great conversations that spawned from that. So It kind of became a joke. Like People were like, I'm going to collect all these. I'm going I'm to get all of them. Like, oh, man. That was funny. That's good. I just looked, and they're $7.99. They're $7.99? Yeah. I, I mean, a $7.99 investment into the culture and unity of your team, totally worth it. It's like 16 weeks worth of stuff and then you can just start over and repeat. Yeah. Or after 16 weeks, you can kind of like make up your own. Oh yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, so. That's cool. All All right, Tim, that is our list of seven. Write it out, make it personal, make it relational, practical, consistency, simple and focused. That is our seven from today. It's a great list. And we want to encourage you to keep striving towards a healthy and dynamic culture in your worship team. Uh, You want a culture that is about excellence, uh, teamwork, developing skills, being on time, serving joyfully, and all those things. But we also definitely do not want to miss the main point of the worship team in the local church. And it's to lift up the name of Jesus and help the church proclaim the message throughout heartfelt thanksgiving, gratitude, and exuberant singing. Uh, Keep up with the great work, everyone, and stay in touch with us at worshipleadertoolbox.com. 